Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. This morning I'd like to continue our study from last Sunday morning on how do we biblically parent our children? How do we biblically parent our children? As I stressed the other week, the Bible teaches that children are a gift from God. Every child that God sees fit within his will to grant a married couple, the Bible teaches us that they are gifts. And they are likened to arrows. Arrows uh, are uh, useful can have impact and can certainly make a mark, to say the least. If uh, appropriately and wisely and skillfully uh, directed. And so likewise our children are likened to arrows and they need to be appropriately and wisely directed. And here in Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6, the Bible gives us some very important principles when it comes to biblical parenting. For those of us that are parents, for those of us that are to be parents, for those of us that have the opportunity to encourage fellow parents, um, I believe it's important that we understand from a biblical perspective how to raise a generation that honours and fears God. The family is the bedrock of society. If the family goes, society goes. And we see the evidence of that all around us. So may God help us as his people to understand what does it mean to biblically parent our children and to lead by example in that area. Proverbs 22.6 reads, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old... He will not depart from it. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we are grateful for the opportunity to worship and to study your precious word. Please teach us. Please encourage us. Please minister to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. How do we biblically parent our children? Children, take note. That way you might have an opportunity to gently remind your parents. Mum, Dad, this is what you're meant to be doing. How do you know that, Pastor said. (coughs) Uh, No, 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 not Pastor said, the Bible teaches. Um, The first key is found in the word train. Look at the word train, a very, very important word, very first uh, word within this verse, train. Remember we stress the fact that the word train means, comes from a base word that means narrow. So it implies the idea of our children need to be educated in a narrow path and this is that narrow path. It's called the word of God. And what does it mean to train? We noted there in Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 4 that we are to bring up our children in the nurture an admonition of the Lord. The word nurture means to educate, to tutor, to instruct. 
And parents have the responsibility to instruct their children. How do we instruct? We stress the fact that by life example. Parents don't underestimate the power of your life. That is the greatest teacher. Your children will never forget. We talk about illustrations. We talk about never forgetting an illustration. Your life example uh, will not be forgotten. So please exemplify Christ's likeness and accept the fact that your children will rise no higher than your example. If you set your standard here, in all probability they might reach here. So make sure you set your standard high, a spirit of excellence and Of course, none of us are perfect, but we need to seek to be a godly example. And then line upon line, we teach our children. We expose them to wisdom, not just knowledge. Parents, it's not your responsibility to just fill your child's mind with knowledge. Yes, they need knowledge to an extent. They need to know how to add. They they need to know how to spell and speak. Um, a little bit of science won't go astray, but ultimately they need wisdom. Our children need wisdom. So we need to live by life example. We need to teach them the Word of God. We need to impart wisdom. The nurture and admonition, the word admonition means to call to attention, to correct, to rebuke, to warn. Our children need admonition parents. They need reproof from time to time. They need the application of the rod, corporal punishment. To what end? To produce godliness. So our children need to be trained. How do we train them? We nurture, we teach them by life example. We teach them the Word of God. We instruct them in wisdom. We admonish them. We're not afraid to say, that's not correct, son. I don't believe that's a wise decision. They need that. So we need to train them. And then note the next word, we stress the fact that we need to train them up, not down. As parents, we are either training our children for a productive life or we are training them to live a, an unproductive life. So we need to train up our children. We need to lift them up to a higher standard. We need to teach them what does it mean to be diligent as opposed to be lazy. Please parents don't have the attitude, well, uh, my child is naturally lazy. Yes, of course they are. They have a flesh like you have a flesh. So you are to train up. You are to move them from that laziness to diligence. Oh, my child is, is, is uh, very untidy. That's slothfulness. You need to train them up and teach them what does it mean to be neat and tidy. Oh, my child's writing is horrid. Well, you need to train them up. 
Horrid writing is a mark of lack of discipline, slothfulness. So you need to train them up. Our children need training and they need to be trained up, not down. And note our third main principle in biblically parenting our children. Note then verse number 6, the Bible reads, Train up a child. That's our next key phrase, a child. It doesn't say the child. It doesn't say your children. It reads a child. Singular. Train up a child. And what is the point here? The point is simply this, that every child is an individual. And if we're going to effectively parent our children, then we need to see them as individuals gifted by God to us. Now as a child, they have a sinful nature. That's what the Bible teaches. In sin did my mother conceive me, said King David there in Psalm 51 verse 10. No matter how cute they might be, they have a sinful nature. The Bible teaches that. And therefore all we like sheep have gone astray. Your child is a individual, a child. Your child has a sinful nature. So be ready for that. And they will make application of that principle as soon as they can. And also as a child, it's important that we understand parents and parents-to-be that they have an immaturity slant. They are not naturally mature. They are born babes, not fully grown men, fully grown women. So they need maturity. They have a sinful nature. But it's also important that we understand as parents, if we are to biblically parent our children, that each of our children, being individuals, have their own personality, have their own traits, have their own gifts and abilities. And we need to take each of our children and provide, I guess you could say, a custom-made parenting schedule for them and lead them from childhood to adulthood. See, God has a specific will for each of us and that includes our children, parents. And as parents, we need to train and discipline our children So they will accept and fulfill God's will. Not our will. God's will. Remember, children are what? They are the heritage from the Lord. They are gifts from God to you and I. And just like Hannah of old said, God, you've given me a son. I will give him back to you. So in essence, we are stewards of our children. And God has entrusted our children to us. And just like God has a will for your life, God has a will for the lives 
of your children. God has a specific will. Note then 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 28 please. Quickly, 1 Samuel 1, 28. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 28. Let's read verse 27 as well. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent, given, surrendered to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. So Samuel's father, in dedicating his son, understood that God has given me a son, a child. And yes, he is my son, but I'm going to give my son back to you, O God, because you gave me a son in the first place. And beloved, God has a specific will for each of us, and that includes our children In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 the Bible teaches us that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice to what end that we might know His perfect will. So God has a specific will for each of us and that includes our children. Train up a child. Every child is an individual. And listen to me carefully parents. Parents... A lot of children are suffering internally because of the pressure parents place on them to be what they want them to be. And that is unfair pressure, parents. And I see it very predominantly amongst the Asian cultures. Very, very evident. Now, I'm not picking on the Asian cultures, but it's very, very evident. And we need to be very careful of this. Remember, we have to train up a child. That child is a gift from God. And you are not to inflict your will upon your child. They are God's and you and I, like Elkanah of old, need to say, God, you gave me this child and thy will be done with my children. Amen. Now there is nothing wrong with encouraging excellence. But there comes a point that we as parents need to let go and let God direct because each of our children are are given to us of God and it's God's will that needs to prevail in the life of the child. It amazes me what parents put their children through. Torment them. For example, what is the point of being an 8th grade pianist at the age of 8? What is the point of that? To what end? 
Oh, but pastor, I want them to play in church by ten. Then you have a legitimate goal. That's honourable to God. But could it well be that your whole drive in having your child be an 8th grade pianist by the age of 80 so that you can boast to your fellow parent friends oh, my child is playing the piano and they are 8th grade at 8. To what end, beloved? Talk to me. What is the point? Is it wrong to learn the piano? No, I think it's good torture for every child. Yes. And I can recommend some good piano teachers. Good torture, good discipline for them. To what end that they can play and glorify God, that's the objective. Amen? Think, parents. Train up a child. They are an individual. What is it that God would have them to do? Yes, encourage excellence. Seek to mould them and shape them. But beloved, don't, don't crush that child's spirit by putting a pressure on them that really is not them. All of us believe that our children are the most intelligent, good-looking creatures on this side of eternity. We do. But it might, not, it might not be God's will for your child to be the next Prime Minister of Australia. And it might not be God's will for your child to be a garbologist or a psychologist or a surgeon. So you and I need to stand back and say, train up a child. And don't inflict your will upon your child because there are a lot of children that are, that are dying internally and read my lips, they are dying internally because of the pressure that parents place upon them to be what they want them to be. Why? Because that parent is just full of pride and selfishness and they want to boast to their friends, oh, my son is a surgeon. My son is the state premier. My son owns ten big coffee shops. Or whatever. At the end of the day, our children are individuals and we need to love them and encourage them and train them. But at the end of the day, we need to say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Please, parents, don't do that. And I guarantee that some of your children are struggling because you are putting the squeeze on them to be something that deep down in their heart they don't want to be. You be careful. I once had a mother say to me, while I was a youth pastor, if my son ever becomes a missionary, I'll never forgive you. If my son ever becomes a missionary, I will never forgive you. This was a Christian mother. 
in our church at the time. That's tragic. And to this day I believe that her son should have been a missionary. But she squeezed him in a certain direction and I don't know where he is today. Don't do that, parents. Our children are lent of the Lord. God's will be done. They're individuals. Of course, encourage and of course, expect the best for them. But God has a will for them just like God has a will for you. And make sure at the appropriate time you just stand back and you just say, oh, well, I expected my son to... But that's obviously not God's will. Thank you, Lord, that they, my child knows God's will and they're doing it. But I thank God for that. Train up a child. Let's move on to the next phase. Are you still with me? Train up a child in the way. In the way, that's our next phrase. Our next lesson. How do we biblically parent our children? Our children, listen to me carefully, our children need guidance and authority. They need guidance and authority in their lives. And this is the essence of this little phrase here. In the way. Isaiah 53, 6 teaches us, All we like sheep have gone astray. Train up a child in the way. Our children need guidance. Our children need authority. And God has ordained you as a parent to provide guidance and to provide authority for your children. So please, parents, teach your children their God-ordained responsibility. As Ephesians chapter 6 teaches us, children, obey your parents. Honour your parents. And if their children will honour and obey their parents, the Bible teaches us longevity and good health. Don't be afraid to preach that to your children. Really, Pastor? You teach your children you need to obey me and honour me as father and mother? Yes. Because it's biblical. Train up a child. They need training. Don't they automatically know that? No. Train up a child in the way he should go. It was Eli the judge who failed to do so. Note there 1 Samuel as well. 1 Samuel, please, chapter 3. A sad testimony concerning this judge by the name of Eli was gifted by God with children, but I'm I'm afraid that he did not train up his children in the way. And note the outcome. 1 Samuel, the third chapter, please. Verses 12 to 14. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, it reads... In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. 
When I begin, I will also make an end. So God is pronouncing upon the home of Eli. Note verse 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Note, because his sons made themselves vile. The sons of Eli were vile individuals. And note why God said he would judge Eli. He restrained them not. He failed as a father to say, No, son, that is not right. We're not doing that. Verse 14, And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Poor father Eli reaped the consequences of his failure to parent his sons. He noted their wickedness and their sinfulness, but yet he restrained them not. He turned a blind eye. Very sad. And parents, it's our responsibility to train up a child in the way. Our children need guidance. Our children need authority. And we as parents are given the mandate to provide that guidance, to provide that authority. Our children need to need our guidance and need our, our authority in dealing with peer pressure, for example. In learning to value money. Our children need guidance and authority. By the way, parents, don't give your children pocket money. Don't give them pocket money. You're spoiling them. They won't value. Yes, give them money to pay for their needs. But don't give them pocket money. Make them earn the money. Make them work. Let's say together, work. Thank God, it's a beautiful word. It was there before sin entered into the world. God put Adam and Eve in the garden and told him to work. So don't just give your children money. You are, you are raising a child that will not value money. But when you give them work and you pay them for their work, you pay them minimal base wages, i.e. a whole basket of ironing for two dollars, Or do the mowing for $1.50, they will value that. That $1.50, that $2 will be priceless. I thank God for a father that taught me to work. I came from a family of seven children. I was the firstborn. I still remember my father. I couldn't have been that old. Maybe seven, eight, maybe. 
The dad used to take one of the dining chairs and place it in front of the sink. Put me on the on the chair so that I could reach the sink and reach the dishes in the sink. And my dad had me washing dishes from a very young age. And I wasn't allowed to leave. I could take as long as I wanted. Oh, my dad was smart. Now, by that stage, there were at least five children, two adults. That's washing dishes for seven, at least. And my dad used to put me there and I wasn't allowed to leave. I had to stand. I couldn't sit. I had to stand on the chair so I could reach into the sink. And I'd wash the family dishes, the dinner dishes. I got very quick at it. My father made me work. That's not the end of the story. I didn't get paid for it. In fact, my father never paid me. <laughs> Pretty tough. So parents, let me encourage you. Train up your child in the way. Your children need guidance. They need authority. Help them with their clothing choices. Help them to manage their anger, their anxiety. Help them to respect property. We wouldn't allow our children to bounce on the lounge. Lounges are not trampolines. Chairs are for sitting on. Lounges are for sitting on. The floor is for standing. And by that we were trying to train our children, you need to respect property. A lounge is to sit on. It's not to bounce on. It's not a glorified trampoline. And I'm afraid that today we have people that are so irresponsible when it comes to property. You see it in the food courts. Those poor cleaners get paid next to nothing. And guess what? They don't get paid to take your garbage and put it in the bin. They get paid to monitor the food court and just give the tables a little bit of a wipe and put the chairs back under the table. The people so irresponsible, so thoughtless, couldn't care less. Don't be like that, please. Next time you eat in the food court, put your rubbish in the bin. Leave it as tidy as possible. Respect property. And parents, we do the same with our children. God has given us a beautiful building. Please look after it. As if it was your house. Now I'm seeing little bits and pieces of that issue being abused already. Think. Respect authority. 
Respect property. Honour property. Our children need to know the way. They need guidance. They need authority. Let's read on. Are you still with me? I'm giving you some free tips as we go along. I hope that's okay. Pastor, did you ever make any mistakes? Lots of them. If I could do it all again, I'd do some things differently. But parents, do the best you can. Train up a child in the way. There are lessons our children will learn on their own and some by their mistakes. Listen to me carefully. And yet there is much we can teach them in the way they should go. It was Charles Bridges who said, two ways lie before every child. The way which he would go, headlong into ruin, or the way he should go, the pathway to heaven. The hope of at least two generations hang upon this most important rule. Our children, like arrows, are most powerful instruments for good or evil, according to the direction we give them. Train up a child in the way he should go. That's the next little phrase. So our children need guidance, our children need authority, our children are individuals. What is it? What is God's will for my child? Train up. I need to raise my child up to a higher level. I need to educate them. I need to educate them by my example. I need to instruct them line upon line. I need to impart wisdom to them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Parents, listen to me carefully. You work out. What are some godly and wise characteristics that you want to instill in your children? Train up a child in the way he should go. In other words, if I am to biblically parent my child effectively, I need to have an end in view. What are some goals for my children? Do I really want my child to be saved at a young age and honour God? That needs to be a goal. Parents, is it your goal to have your child come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Do you give that much thought? Do you put much effort? Shame on you if you don't. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Don't be a negligent negligent parent that will say, well, pastor, it's between them and God. Yes, it is between them and God, but you need to do everything in your power by praying and instructing them that they might become wise unto salvation. Train up a child in the way he should go. Do you want your children to walk with God? Do you want your children to serve God? Do you want your children to work hard? Do you want your children to have genuine friends? Do you want your children to be married one day or live in sin with some man or woman that the Bible calls de facto, but the Bible calls adultery and fornication? What do you want for your children? Train up a child in the way he should go. 
Do you want your children to marry and have children? How do you expect them to go about this stage of life? Is there a biblical pattern to follow? Work it out and train them, teach them in the way they should go. Do you want them to, to be generous or do, or do you want them to be stingy? What do you want for your children? Pastors, a lot to parenting. Yes, there is. Train up a child in the way he should go. What a wonderful responsibility. What a wonderful honour and privilege to take this precious gift and seek to guide them in the way they should go. What goals do you have for your children? It's our responsibility to teach them how to live life. Honestly, parents, what is the good, what is the use of having a, an eight-year-old child being an eighth-grade pianist and they still can't make their bed. They don't know what a broom is. Think. You want to teach your children how to live. Not just to be a concert pianist. They won't make much money being a concert pianist. That's a scientific fact for most. Susanna Wesley lived in the 1700s. She had 19 children. Are you listening to me? 19 children. 19. Nine died in infancy. She raised 10 children. Her goal was to help each of her children grow into a self-disciplined individual. That was her goal. And she understood the need to conquer the child's will. And she had some guiding principles in her parenting. Her first principle was fear the rod. Fear the rod. And she expected her children to be still during family devotions, not to move. She would always reward and command good behaviour. She was very diligent. If she sees a child do something that's worthy of praise, she would be on it straight away. She taught her children to respect property of others. And she would never give them anything if they cried for it. Never. If they asked politely and it was appropriate, she would give. And she could not be disturbed while having her quiet times. You know how she had her quiet times? She would sit in a chair and throw an apron over her head. And her children knew 
Mum's walking with God and there had to be absolute silence. This dear woman raised some children that turned England upside down. Two by the name of John and Charles Wesley. brought revival and salvation to the United Kingdom, specifically England. And you know what? Because of John and Charles Wesley, the first preacher came to Australia by the name of Richard Johnson. He was technically a part of the Church of England but he was known as a Wesleyan. And that bothered Governor Arthur Phillip because um, Richard Johnson was a hellfire gospel preacher. That was our first preacher in Australia. And he was a byproduct of the Wesleys. And thank God for Susanna Wesley. Trying up a child in the way he should go. She spent time with each of her children on a daily basis. Rotated through them. Every day. Every day she gave each of her living children time. Every day. Beloved, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, let's note the next little phrase, he will not depart from it. I'm almost done. Are you still with me? Parents, our children need guidance. Our children need authority. And note what the Bible teaches us. Train up a child in the way he should go. Our children need guidance. Our children need authority in the way he should go. Work out what do you expect. Do I want my child to walk with God? Well, work out how am I going to instill in that in my child? And the Bible gives us a promise and he will depart and he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. The promise is when that child comes of age with the biblical training given they will make it their own and live out the same values taught and exemplified to them by their parents. Our children are not robots. Yes, they can make choices. And they will make choices. Just like you make choices. Some of you are in church every Sunday. But you walk out of church and that's the end of that. You don't do what you were taught in church. Do you think your children are any different? Does that negate the promise of God's Word? Of course it doesn't. 
Beloved parents especially, we need to see Proverbs 22.6 as a promise. But at the same time, this promise doesn't negate personal responsibility and choice. Quickly, let me illustrate 1 Corinthians 10.13. I'm almost done. Do you believe me? I'm almost there. You might say, well, Pastor, it's a little late to me. It needs to relate to you. You need to do what you can to encourage godly parenting. Whether you have children or not, or whether you ever have children or not, may God help us to encourage godly homes. Note here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible reads, There is no temptation taken you, no testing that overcomes you, such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Question, is this a promise? Yes or no? Talk to me. Yes. What is the promise? The promise is simply this, that whatever testing or trial that you are going through in God's providence, God knows it is not abnormal and God knows that you can overcome it as a child of God and God will provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear. Does that sound biblical? There is no testing or trial in your life, listen to me, that you are going through that you cannot get through the other end victorious. That's God's promise. Okay? Got that? Joseph, the full part of his wife. He could have sinned with one of his wife. What did Joseph do? King David. Saw a beautiful woman outside of his window. What did he do? He looked David, Joseph, the promise. What's the difference? He fled. He did not. Does that negate the promise? Yes or no? So parents, listen to me. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. At the same time, your child has a will, they make choices. And you and I as parents need to cling under this promise with all of our minds, seek to flesh it out in our parenting, but yet we understand there is no temptation taking you but such as common to man, 
So we can make a choice either to flee or to fulfill our lives. That doesn't negate the promise. So please, parents, don't make an excuse for Proverbs 22 says. Oh, it's just a principle. No, it's a promise. Of course you're not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect parent. But at the end of the day, no matter whether you have perfect parents or not, every child needs to make their own decision. Hey, guess what? My parents were not perfect. I'm telling you, my father was not perfect. You mean? He never paid me anything. <laughs> there came a point where I had to choose the narrow path. So may God help us as parents train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from Parents, your children are gifts from God. They are like arrows. They need direction. Provide the direction. Oh, but my kids are too old, Pastor. Look, as long as they're at home, they're not too old. And even if they're not at home, still boss them around. <laughs> there. You don't need to tell them you to brush the feet any longer. But if you love these children, you will constantly encourage them and exhort them. Right. Amen. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will they will not depart from it. It's a promise. But at the end of the day, like you, like me, we have a will. We can choose the narrow path or we can go down the broad path. So please, parents, can I just close by saying, don't kill your children's spirit. By number one, listen to me, by forcing your will upon them. And number two, by hypocrisy. You say one thing, you do another. May God help us to raise godly families.